Women Taking the Lead, Episode 221. Your real life, your whole life, is worth getting your heart broken a few thousand times. And I think that that is so powerful because it speaks to keep trying, you know, keep doing the tough things, keep falling down, keep getting back up, because the more willing you are to experience fear, to experience heartbreak, disappointment, failure, the closer you will get to eventually experiencing that peace of mind and peace of heart of just finding a place where life is a beautiful gift and we get to show up for it and enjoy it through the highs and lows every single day. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. I want to thank FreshBooks for being a sponsor of this episode of Women Taking the Lead. Their cloud accounting software is great even if you're not a numbers person, especially if you are not a numbers person. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Allison Carty, who is a career coach who runs an international career coaching team specializing in guiding people through career changes. Her team's work focuses on that crucial step before job searching, helping you figure out what it is you actually want to be doing with your life. She and her team have guided hundreds of people in every industry imaginable to innovative and functional career solutions. Allison is the author of the five-star rated bestseller, Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career. Her work has been featured on Monster, Forbes, The Muse, Undercover Recruiter, and The Washington Post. Allison, that's just a little intro for everyone. So if you could tell us more about who you are as a person and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Well, um, where I started was someplace quite different than uh, being a career coach and leader and running a team. I was thinking about this, and I'd like to go back to my college years, which have been a while ago now. But the way that I interacted with life, kind of through grade school up through college, was just to follow, like just to do what was expected of me. Um, I didn't really have a lot of thought about adding my own input or my own kind of vibe into my life. I was just going to class, doing what parents expected of me. My parents actually picked my major from a very kind place. My mom had gone through a career change from being a teacher to an accountant. And I think my parents thought, we will save you the trouble of figuring this out. Just start in accounting and you will be good to go. So in college, I was taking that degree, but kind of checked out and sitting on the sidelines and very passive uh, in life. Allison, I think we can all relate to that feeling of when you recognize like maybe this isn't the thing for me, you start to become disengaged, checked out, like you're not really participating anymore. You're just going through the motions. So, oh, I can I can totally get that. And I know this is going to be juicy because I was sitting here being like, oh, my God, what did she do next? So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to move us right into your stories because, you know, you have this international team that you're working with. You've 
helped hundreds of people make career transitions, you know you've got the goods, right? That you provide a lot of value and you help so many people. But we always start off with like the lows of the playing small moment. And I have a feeling where where you're going to pick it up where we left off those moments where we just don't recognize like how amazing we are. And so we hold ourselves back. And sometimes it's only years later that we look back and go, oh, like, what was I thinking? I was so capable of so much more. Like, what happened? But Allison, tell us the story. Share with us that your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it. I would love to. And I actually thought of one kind of back in the day, playing small, and then one kind of more present day. And for back in the day, I was thinking about that time in college where I was so used to following the rules. And I think my parents were just so wonderful to me growing up that it was kind of like, well, of course, I should follow and do what they say because they've provided for me really well. And I remember very vividly, I think it was in either the second, probably like the second semester of my freshman year or early in my sophomore year, I was so accustomed to just staying within the guidelines that had been laid out for me that I had a physical kind of barrier that I had unintentionally put in place. When I was in high school, I would go to school, I would go to swim practice, I would go home and do my homework. And when I went to college, I stayed in kind of that same sphere. I would go to class, I would go to the gym, I would eat, and then I would kind of go back to the dorm. And I wouldn't really expand beyond any of those areas because they were so unfamiliar and I had never done it before. And the moment that that's really vivid for me is I got really small. <laughs> like It felt really constricting and tiny. And I was scared to go beyond what was familiar. Not that I thought anything, I had a logical sense that anything bad would be happening, but I just didn't know how to do it. What I did was I decided to do the scariest thing that I could think of at the time, which was I was at University of Maryland and I decided to take the metro into the city, into DC. And I had never been before. I had never, or I had never been alone before. Let me put it that way. I had been before. Um, and I decided to go to like the most mundane of places, which is the Smithsonian, where it's museums and like families and tourists. But in route to going to this place, because it was so unfamiliar and out of my comfort zone, I was having a physical fear reaction, like sitting in Metro, going to the Smithsonian. I was worried that it was dangerous. I was worried that somebody was going to get me. It was like this, um, you know, in Harry Potter, there's the Dementors, like this vague blackness. Yeah. Like I was worried like some <laughs> kind of vague blackness was going to happen because this was new and unfamiliar. But I did it anyway, because I thought, well, if life is so small, just staying in this familiar bubble that I've been in, it doesn't feel very good. I don't care if it's scary. I don't really care if I get hurt. I just want to go and see what happens. And what happened was I went on a rainy day uh, to the Smithsonian, and I got out of Metro. I walked around. I sat on a bench, and I ate an apple, and I was looking around, and I was just like, oh, these are just people, you know, uh, here 
there were runners, there were people walking around, there were people with umbrellas. Um, and it wasn't scary at all. And I think that initial pushing through of doing something that felt scary or unfamiliar was really an instance of where I had been playing small. And then I learned that the things that we're scared of, if we actually have the, the courage and the bravery to go through them, on the other side, there's hardly ever anything to actually be scared of. I love your story because it's what I love about it is it's super simple, right? A lot of people are listening going, well, it was just, you know, taking the metro to the Smithsonian. But, you know, for me, having grown up incredibly shy, so I put myself in a bubble in a lot of situations. I never did anything on my own. I think I was in my late 20s, early 30s before I went to a movie by myself because I was afraid, like, not that I was afraid, like, bad things were going to happen, but it was just so uncomfortable and so awkward that I was just like, no, even if I wanted to see a movie and nobody else was available, I was like, no one else is available. I guess I'm not going. And how limiting (laughs) it is to live that life, whether it's from fear or fear of just being awkward and feeling uncomfortable and that sort of thing. But I did it. You did it. And then it it opened up a whole new world of opportunities. It wasn't just the ability to go to the Smithsonian on your own or the ability for me to go to the movies on our own. It was like, I could do other things on my own. If I could do this, I can do other things. And it just ripples out from there. Exactly. Yeah. The point was not, oh, it's so wonderful to go to the Smithsonian whenever I want. Yeah. The point was I learned that my fears were made up. And I learned, okay, things are going to scare me. And I think from that moment, I really developed a habit of noticing what is scaring me and how quickly can I go towards it. So by doing that, it's continually expanding a comfort zone. You know, initially it's going to feel scary or uncomfortable, but if you actually do it, what was previously unfamiliar becomes familiar. It's not scary anymore. And I think that habit helps my world to get bigger. And it also has helped me. I mean, of course, I'm human. I feel anxiety and fear and and stuff at times. But overall, I'm not that scared. (laughs) Because anytime I see something that is intimidating or scary to me, I'm like, okay, let's go do that. Let's see what's on the other side of that. And in my personal experience, granted, I haven't ever done anything that actually puts me in like physical danger or harm. I'm talking about like kind of those psychological barriers. I've never gotten hurt on the other side of it. It's always been totally fine. It's been sitting on a bench, eating an apple and looking at other people. It's been safe. Yeah. And there is definitely a difference between fear that debilitates you and fear that you bring along for the ride, right? It kind of just comes, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a little intimidated. I'm a little anxious about this, but I'm doing it anyway. That is a completely different experience because in the latter, you're in control, you're empowered, you're feeling some fear, but you're in action as opposed to being a victim to the fear, Right. And you also learn that fear passes. It's just, an, it's a physical reaction. It's an emotional feeling. And if you've never gone through it, you would think, oh, you might think I need to wait for this to go away before I do anything, or I need to wait until I'm braver, or maybe at some point this will get easier. 
But when you know, okay, there's just this like thin film of fear that you need to be willing to experience for a temporary point of time, like it's not going to linger on you. As soon as you go through it, it will be gone. And that's the way to deal with fear. Then really the world opens up in a really big way. So true. Now, Allison, share with us another story, this time of a time in your life when you had a wake-up call, right? It could have been a flashbulb aha moment or a slow dawning, but in either case, however it happens, there's a moment when you're ready to take action. So if you could, tell us what led up to your wake-up call and then the steps you took that led to your success. Definitely. Well, this is a story more in present day. And uh, I've been building this career coaching business for going on eight years. And I am naturally very internally focused. I like my, I try to keep my own head on straight in my own home, you know, operating well. And in terms of my business, I try to make sure uh, as best that we can, that we're doing a really good job for people and we're showing up in a professional way. Our methods are effective. They actually help people with the goals that we're moving them towards. And uh, most recently, I moved from, uh, towards the beginning of last year, I moved from being an individual practitioner to leading a team. And with that kind of scaling, there was a need to uh, jump in terms of, of our volume of clients. And at the end of this year, so after doing that for about a year, I was feeling really, really discouraged because we were more hopping in terms of volume of clients and not jumping. And I was so disheartened and even a bit ashamed about, you know, we're doing such good work. Why is this happening? You know, am I just in the wrong market? What's, what's going on? And I took some time off stepped away from it, you know, at the end of the year. And then a series of events uh, into the new year helped me to realize that I had a huge blind spot in our business um, that was really getting in our way. And that blind spot is I wasn't paying attention to the external. So it's kind of like I was focused on as a chef in the kitchen, like making a delicious meal for everybody, but ignoring the, the exterior of the restaurant, whether it looks like an attractive place to go. And um, it was a big aha and awakening for me because I don't take a whole lot of care with like external things. They don't mean a ton to me, but realizing that that does help people to make buying decisions and it does help them to feel comfortable and that it's something that um, we can put on a fresh coat of paint and make things look a little bit more attractive so that we can be, we can give people the really effective work that we're already doing. You know, this has become a trend. I've been talking to a lot of my guests and a lot of my clients about the customer experience and how if we don't, you know, focus in on, well, what's the whole process of, you know, first making contact with somebody who might be in the market for our services to the next steps. And at each touch point, like what experience are we creating for that person? We could be losing opportunities all along the way. So kudos to you for going back and really taking a look at that process. I think for me, it was a funny blind spot because I'm just in my personal life. I'm such a fan of aspiring to be honest and to live in reality 
And marketing, for all that it is powerful, and I've got my eye on it now, it's a select presentation of reality. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a a bit of a fantasy. And it took me a long time, even though I could understand some of the tactics, to wrap my head around the idea that the reason we need to do that select presentation of, okay, here's the best case scenario of what could happen or kind of line up with the dreams of that customer even if those dreams are erroneous, is because that's what pulls people into growth. Like the dreams are what enable people to actually grow. So if I'm showing up and saying, here's the reality of like exactly what could happen and, you know, it may work or it may not, or you're going to bump into problems, that's not going to inspire people to actually show up and put in the work. But if we have a positive message, then it kind of hooks people. And once they get in, then they can kind of do the work. So Mm -hmm. that was a big like aha for me to understand the purpose of it and how to do it in an ethical way that helps people to grow, which as a coach, that's really the fundamental thing that I want to be doing. Yes, because people need their aspirations to motivate them to do the work. They have to have that positive vision of what's on the other side. Otherwise, all their nobody signs up and pays money to do more work. Right. (laughs) You know, and I, you know, I had to have a coach point that out to me, like, wow, you listed all the homework that they're going to have to do. Who's, who's going to buy that? Who wants more homework? What you're selling is what's possible on the other side, the homework they get in small pieces along the way. So it's not overwhelming. It was like, boom, right there. So true. Now, Allison, what I always want everyone to really be clear about is there is no one way to lead. You can be a great leader and be quite different from another great leader because we all have different personality types. We have different strengths and background experience, and it all blends into what I call our leadership style. So, Allison, how would you describe your leadership style? It's very similar to me as a coach. So my kind of the way I look at the world is one, take care of myself, but two, how can I lift up the people in my world? So that's really how I engage with my team in terms of trying to be as supportive as possible to them and their journeys and their growth. And I think by being in that Um, modality that they know I'm not just in it for myself, but I'm really in it to be helping them. I think it, it generates more cohesion and Um, also as they're growing, then they can be better at helping our clients. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. So many people are trying to develop coaching skills because coaching skills translate to any area of your life. It's really communication skills, people skills, listening, asking great questions. So why would you shut that off as a leader when that those are actually the skills that a lot of leaders are looking to develop? Right. <laughs> I like that. I want to take a break here to talk about FreshBooks and their ridiculously easy accounting software. It may not be a sexy topic, but it has completely transformed how freelancers and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. It's not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features, like you can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. 
If you have any questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude. Plus a real live person usually answers within three rings or less. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash lead and enter women taking the lead in the how did you hear about us section. Now back to the interview. And Allison, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us? Ooh, well, um, one thing that I'm really excited about working on is our marketing. Uh, I don't know that that's anything uh, specifically to share, um, but in terms of recent work, I would say my book, Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career, for anybody who is wanting to get more clarity around what would be a happier or more purposeful work life, it will kind of paint the landscape of what you need to do, places that you might get stuck, and how to move yourself forward. I love that. And what inspired you to write your book? A colleague of mine, we were having coffee, and she just looked me in the eye and she said, go home and write a book. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I found, I, I released a book um, in the late fall, and I found, like, for me, what was in inspired by, but was part of it was marketing, you know, and giving people access to my process, because I saw so many people out in the world who, you know, could definitely benefit from going through my coaching system. But they did, they were too intimidated by the intensity of coaching, right? It, not everyone's ready for that one on one attention of coaching, you know, and, you know, the feeling of, you know, somebody's going to hold me accountable, and I'm going to have to do something intimidation. So this allowed them like a do it yourself process. But also some people just weren't ready to move at all, you know, um, and it might be a little intimidating, like to make an investment in that sort of thing. Did you find that you were better able to um, identify prospective clients when they came to you and said, I loved your book? It's been a mix. I've definitely had people who have said, okay, I read your book. I get it. You know, I get, I get what you do. And uh, they're kind of wondering, well, uh, do I need coaching or not? And I always mention to them, well, it's very different to read about an experience of somebody else getting coached and, you know, to have it for yourself. It's a lot more powerful when you're actually getting coached. So uh, that has happened. And then Otherwise, I, I find it's a great resource uh, for clients. Mm -hmm. Like we give them a copy of our book and it's also really helpful um, for a lot of reasons, you know, for positioning, but also for when I wrote it, it made me really think about what we were doing and um, we were following a system and it just made that a lot clearer to me. Awesome. And Allison, on the flip side of things, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? The biggest challenge uh, that I'm facing at the moment is I really enjoy my work and my brain loves working on <laughs> this type of thing of figuring out how we can be helpful and lift up the world. And um, I'm pretty good about shutting down and, and finishing my work. But sometimes in the middle of the night, I will wake up and my brain, my like working brain is sneaky. If I'm not careful, it will like jump in to start thinking about work in the middle of the night. Uh, so that's something I'm, I'm honestly, you know, trying to 
calm it down and say, you know what, let's keep perspective. You don't need to solve this at 2 a.m. It will be there later in the day to enjoy and work on then. Yes, that can be uh, a downfall when you're really passionate about something. And especially I know for business owners, you know, when it's your baby, you know, you get really excited about it. And people who are working in corporate who are really passionate about the projects they're working on it is in in let's be honest, we're talking to those type A people as well. It's hard to shut it down and rest and relax because you can see what life could look like when you hit your goal. And that's super exciting. What are some of the things that you do that help you kind of shut that off so you can rest and rejuvenate and come back at it even better the next day? Well, I'm, you know, I do not have the magic bullet. I'm working on it. Um, some <laughs> things that I'm trying to do are to, uh, Overall, it's aiming at keeping perspective, right? Because the working brain will just like go into project mode and, and keep working. So trying to keep perspective on work is one part of life and not all of it. That my little part of my work is not, um, the, the universe is not to, like resting on it. There are other things going on beyond me. Um, so I'll journal a little bit before bed, trying to like just get it, get it out and get perspective and then a little thing that I'll do when I do wake up, I use these four phrases and it kind of helps me to, to calm down. I, or my working brain to calm down. I say, thank you. And then I think about what am I thankful for? I say, I accept. And I think about, okay, what's the reality of what's going on right now and trying to accept whatever that is. I release and that can be, you know, letting go of, whatever I'm kind of holding on to. Uh, and then I'm here and trying to find like sensation in my body and be like, okay, this is where I am here. And I'll just kind of run through that. There's four phrases. Thank you. I accept. I release. I'm here until my brain kind of calms down. I love that. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And now, Allison, I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I actually care. <laughs> like I actually care about the people around me and I want to know how they're doing and uh, see what I can do to help them. That's something you can't fake. And yes, makes all the difference <laughs> in the world. Love that answer. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, just to that story that I told, keep doing those scary things. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Sure. Well, I trained with a woman named Martha Beck, and she had a quote. Um, it's something like, your real life, your whole life is worth getting your heart broken a few thousand times. And I think that that is so powerful because it speaks to keep trying, you know, keep um, doing the tough things, keep falling down, keep getting back up, because the more willing you are to experience fear, to experience heartbreak, disappointment, failure, the closer you will get to eventually experiencing uh, that peace of mind and peace of heart of just finding a place where life is a beautiful gift and we get to show up for it, enjoy it, and enjoy it uh, through the highs and lows uh, every single day. Mm, Allison, that's a powerful quote. I just have to share with you. My first, my gut reaction was, ouch. Oh, really? <laughs> like that, yeah, it was just like, you know, having your heart broken a thousand times. It was just like, ouch. And then there was a pause. 
And then the truth of the statement, like really settled into my body and my eyes started watering up. That is a powerful, powerful quote. Can you read it again? Sure. Your real life, your whole life is worth getting your heart broken a few thousand times. Amen. And lastly, Allison, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Hey, well, our website is cardicareercoaching.com. That's cardi, C-A-R-D-Y, careercoaching.com. Hopefully, uh, it's looking good by the time that you hear this and looking attractive. Please let me know if you have any advice. I'm working on marketing and working on learning it better. And uh, we're also on social media at Cardi Careers on LinkedIn, Facebook. So all the usual suspects, uh, if you just Google Cardi Career Coaching, you can connect with us. Awesome. And Cardi is C-A-R-D-Y. And for those of you who are out there and on the go and don't have pen and paper, you shouldn't be because you're driving, you know you can find all the links and resources that Allison shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you for having me, Jody. It was a real treat. Before we close with the quote, I want to talk to you about what's next for you. You've been listening to my guest talk about what she's overcome to get to where she is today. What Spartan Light goals are you ready to achieve? Are you going to start public speaking, go for that big promotion, or take your business and your leadership to all new levels? If you're a hands-on learner, then the Alt-MBA program is the one for you. There are no lectures, no videos. It's rolling up your sleeves and working in groups with people who are equally in it to win it. By working on 13 projects during the month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof. It's not about passively learning. It's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become habit. You'll rewire your brain to make new, better habits and have the platform to practice those habits. They're now accepting applications for their upcoming sessions. And to find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash women taking the lead. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and tell them Jody Flynn sent you. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.